This episode is about a guy called Louis. Now, I can pretty much say the word Louis and you'll nearly know who I'm talking about. If not, it's Louis from Stanley. This guy has bounced onto the scene at HSW, Howardsmith Wharves, and has blown everyone away. Fantastic reviews. The guy is a rock star. Listening to today's, you're going to love it. Mate, thank you for being a part of this. We are on. Good. Great. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So... Where did all, what's, where, you're at HSW now, you're, you're a Chinese-Cantonese restaurant, Stanley. Tell me, why did you go from Mullumbimby to New York back to here? How did it all start? Um, it really all started, I suppose it started growing up in, in between Mullum, which was 110 acres, ex-banana, avocado kind of farm that, that mum and dad just kind of landed on. And then growing up kind of in between there and in Fiji. So in Fiji, food was kind of everything. We didn't have television until 1996. So you'd finish school, you'd come home, you'd do your homework, you'd go out and play, then you'd come home and and have a meal and eat and share and talk and laugh and clean up and go to bed. You know, there wasn't, you weren't glued to the TV or streaming something. So food was really the epicenter of the day and when actually people would really interact and there wasn't, and it was your entertainment. It wasn't just eating to fuel your body. It was a source of like entertainment for the evening. So I grew up that, that's how I really grew up. And my, my grandmother had six kids, so five boys and five, uh, three boys and three girls. Yeah. So each child would cook one day of the week and then grandma would cook on Sundays. Mm. So all of my dad and his brother and sisters all were really fantastic chefs. And my grandmother is Fijian Chinese and my grandfather is Fijian Indian. So you never really knew what was going to be on the dinner table. It would be steamed fish, ginger and shallot, mapo tofu or really beautiful fresh Indian curries and roti and pani paneer um, or Fijian cuisine, yeah. you know, which is kakonda, vakalolo, or she would try to impress us and cook some Western cuisine. Oh. You know? so, <laughs> so, you know, like that, that's kind of, and then that's my kind of cuisine in a, in a nutshell. And her father who came from Canton to Fiji, he had one of the first Cantonese restaurants in Suva in Fiji. So... Um, she would cook a lot of Cantonese food. She kind of grew up in the restaurant and then kind of passed it down to me. And So did you just go to holidays in Fiji? Or you, did you live there for a little uh, while? Mum and dad pulled us out of school, out yeah. of Main Arms. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't ask them, yeah. any questions. You know, yeah. The two boys just went missing for a year. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I used to live in Mayokum. That's where I grew yeah, up. I right. went to Mullum, Mullum Preschool. There. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, so we went to Maynam Upper Primary. and Just disappeared in those days. Yeah, no one really asked any questions. Yeah, you, you know, I probably you still don't. School. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of went over it a lot. But then Dad really wanted to show us uh, where he was from and, and our heritage. So... We went back to the villages where, where um, my grandmother was from and her her mother was actually a chief of Draketi, which is in Vanuwalevu, which is a very uninhabited kind of part of Fiji where they still live 100% off the land where the men would go out hunting and the women would go into the estuaries and streams and collect seaweed and the men would bring home a pig and strap it up mm. and gut it and cook and would cook lovos and... 
you know, you'd have to take in uh, what we call a sevu sevu, which is an offering, you know. So when I was only eight and my brother was about 10, we went from the mainland, we caught a boat and then a bus and then another bus and then into the interior and lugging kerosene and flour and all you know, mm. things to offer to the village, you know. So this is all kind of exposed to me at a very young age and just living, you know, with them for for a while and yeah dad really wanted us to show show us where we're from so that is, yeah that is i think should be a part of every school curriculum yeah like, yeah for I, sure. think, I feel like yeah you know, everyone needs to go and do that yeah and get rid of you know technology for a while and yeah. actually go and live like you know getting the pig collecting the vegetables cooking together teaches the old cooperation yeah yeah you know, how to find yeah, and just an immense respect of where food's from yeah how hard it is to farm or, you know, to, to respect where you, you're, what's sacrificing for your food, you know, I yeah. think it really, so I really kind of feel I didn't uh, ever have a choice. I was kind of forced into being a chef my, my whole life by just experiencing, but I suppose it goes with any kind of aspects of life. You can take it, you know, these experiences and put it, put it into anywhere. Mm. But um, yeah, and then I just kind of fell in love with, with cooking through my grandmother, cooking with her. Um, and then really just seeing my dad cook a lot at home yeah. and then um, just seeing the respect that he gained from a lot of people just in the you know just friends and in the neighborhood yeah. where you know it was a hot ticket to to um, to be invited to my dad's house for, yeah. for a crab curry you know and everyone would be oh are you oh are you Fiji and Chris's son you, yeah. oh well, how do you get it how do you get an invite to these crab curry nights you know <laughs> and just to see that an average guy you know not much can be held you know yeah. so high just through just through cooking and, and that's what i've always seen cooking as was um just a way to uh you know for my parents to kind of be proud of me and for me to to be able to make a name for myself and um just through the passion and, and what i'd learned so i really just kind of put my head down from there i started washing dishes in in ocean shores at a, at a uh, a little rinky dink kind of mum and pop thai restaurant gecko thai and yeah yeah from there i uh moved into byron and i worked around there and then i really fell in love with thai cooking and i didn't really know thai cooking to be honest yeah. maybe curry puffs and spring rolls yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a guy said to me in byron and we we're at the you know in in the you know I, I tell people in america in australia we can drink when we're 18 so you yeah. know i was 17 but you know yeah uh and uh yeah i met a guy and he's like if you want to cook thai you Got to go to this spot in Sydney, Long Grain. Yeah. Just one best Asian restaurant, wine list of the year, everything. It's like changing the game. And this, so about how long ago was so that? So this was uh, 2002. Right, yeah. So Long Grain opened 18. in 99. Yeah. So, so I was about three years old. And that's yeah. when they were just changing the game. You know? Yeah, yeah. So my brother was at Sydney Uni. He's a couple of years older than me. So I just kind of packed the car, went home that night, I think, packed, packed the car. So you hadn't um, called him. You're just heading down there. Yeah, so this is where the, the story gets quite you, funny. You, this is good. I've got a good Marty story as well, actually. <laughs> so drove down, crashed at my brother's house. He said, what are you doing? I said, next, I'm just going to get up and, and head head over to uh, to Longrand. He's like, okay. He didn't. He doesn't know what the hell's going on either. So <laughs> I didn't. You know, the, that's the, the only restaurant I've kind of seen is that. So I, um, I kind of rocked up to Long Grand and they said, oh, hey, I'm, so, oh, I'm just here to talk to the chef. They're like, oh, do, you, do you have an appointment? I said, appointment? Like, it's a restaurant, man. These are restaurants. It's like, aren't they just like, you know, curry yeah. puffs and spring rolls, you know, <laughs> like appointments. So I said, no. And they're like, oh, okay. So Marty came out and he's like, yeah, 
and I was like, oh, I'm just uh, wondering um, if there's any. Uh, he's like, no. And I was like, oh, but just for a sh uh, He's like, no, no, there's no. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went, went home to my brothers and I'm like, hey, how'd it go? I'm like, oh, not, not, not amazing. So I was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'll oh, just go back tomorrow. Went back, same thing. Went home, didn't really know what to do. Went back again, day three, same thing. He's like, you're a persistent little fucker, aren't you? And I said, yeah, really, you know, I don't really have anything else. This is what I've come here for. And he said, okay, straight into the kitchen that day. Beautiful. Gave me a chef's jacket, gave me an apron. Um, yeah, fast forward uh, yeah, a couple of years, I was executive chef. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, wow. that's how it all kind of, yeah. I made curry paste for a year. Just that's all I did <laughs> that's in a good, room. That's... You know, we're in a room. What's this like? Yeah, yeah. Seven meters by three meters. I was in a room probably half of this, so three by two. Meat grinder, lemongrass, lime leaf, onions, garlic, a coffee grinder to grind all the spices. Yeah, and I would be in there from like eight in the morning to like eight at night, just making curry. That's all I did for a year. Yeah, yeah. I should say Every the same. Day. We're in this beautiful r private room. To upstairs, which yeah, you don't even know is here when you first go to the restaurant. No, yeah, it's completely. It's like yeah, once it's you go to the bathroom, then you go, oh my God, there's a whole nother area upstairs. So yeah, it's amazing. So that's where we're out today having this chat on the podcast. Now, after Fiji, after Marty's Bowens, two years, did you work somewhere? You worked for Bentley? Then, yeah, yeah, Brent Savage used to come into Long Grain a lot, yeah, yeah. like when he was at Mark and Moog. And it was kind of all in the Surrey Hills kind of click. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he always came in and I would always like chat with him. And one of the chefs there, Milan, he kind of had worked at Mark. And so we had a little connection. And Brent said, yeah, he's opening up, you know, Bentley, which was big, big news back then. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've always uh, never been kind of shy of a challenge. And I just wanted to just completely throw myself in the deep end because all I'd cooked was Asian at this time or Thai primarily. Um, and then at, at TAFE, I didn't really know anything, you know, so, <laughs> so I was a bit, yeah, I was kind of a bit like, oh, I need to really learn some different cuisines. So I went and, um, yeah, joined an opening team at Bentley. And so it was Brent Savage, um, myself, Dan Hong, uh, Dave Vahul, wow. uh, Annalise Gregory. Yeah, that's a great yeah. starting And that team. was, yeah, that was just the, the five of us, yeah, in the yeah, kitchen, yeah. so... Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty epic, um, good, really, uh, catapulted me into a lot of responsibility yeah. and I really hold, um, hold Brent like very, very high as a mentor from, from the, and Dan as well. Mm. First time I worked with Dan and he ended up being the best man at my wedding, you know, so we're really, we're best friends still. So wow. working in that kind of confined environment You're and gonna just get to know someone, pushing so. each other just as hard as possible to, yeah. to do the very, very Big best. Big hours? Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. uh, it was pretty. Is that still something going on in the industry, or we got to? Is it what's different about how back in the day you could go in and make curry paste for a year and do twenty hours overtime and and just learn, learn, learn because you wanted to, because the passion was there, because the desire. Yeah. Is there, is there a problem? Are well, we basically, able to still do you know, that? Or is there big restraints these days. Well, it's a, there's a lot of restraints, and it's I don't know if it's good or it's bad, but I can tell you that. In that period of time where I, when Dan won the Young Chef of the Year and I took over the Bentley kitchen of ordering, cooking sauce, doing everything of a sous chef, I was 20 yeah. and I'd been cooking for four years 
you know, well, these days it's going to take a chef seven years to get to that level, you know, so. Looking back on that, did you feel that you were too young or did you just, because you were so specialized and trained by such amazing people that you just had the tools, had the gun to be the head chef of those particular places or or was the career not super rounded at that point, but it was, you were just trained in what you had to do there. Is that, is that a is that No, a I just think it's basically just, yeah, I, you know, like, basically the attitude you know? yeah you've got an attitude and you've got a willingness to learn people are just going to pour training knowledge yeah. and just nurture you to the full extent you know but someone who doesn't want to learn then you're not and there's no limit that's what i say to chefs in the kitchen there's absolutely no limit to how far you can travel in such a small amount of time if you have that willingness to learn and and of course the skill um you know but yeah, basically, I just saw that niche in a team and just like, oh, wow, there's no guidelines. So you can, I can do every section if I want to. I've just got to finish all my prep and move to the next section and ask if they want a hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's kind of easy, yeah. you know? So I was like, okay, just get everything done, move to the next section, move to the next section, move to the next section. And then that's what happened when, you know, when Dan went on holidays and I kind of was popping my head into every section and learning everything. That's mm. kind of how it all you know, it kind of came about, yeah. So I just think there's no restraints, yeah. Yeah, I was a chef at a young age too, actually. I went from like the, the fourth year apprentice and jumped over four chefs to become the head chef. Yeah, and right. was like, well, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't really mean to do that, but, um, you know, I'm going to be doing it from now on. So, yeah. Okay, so you you finished there. And I met Bentley. I was there for about two and a half years. Yep, okay. And then uh, one of the big, you know, one of my massive goals was to, to really travel the world. Yeah. Um, so you're married at this point? Or not no? yet. Not yet. Right, Just right. met my girlfriend at times, my yep. wife. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. during Bentley. So I needed, I really thought that I needed one of those re- uh, names on my resume that could help me travel the globe yes and tetsuya was that name at that point of time so yes fourth best restaurant in the world on you know the top 50 and so yep. i joined the team and that was another pretty stellar all-star team of uh, luke powell phil wood um darren robinson mikey cliff uh who else you know and then the people that have you know past been you know working mm. at pepperell and jow and Puskas and yeah, so it was pretty, pretty amazing to be able to. Your phone must be weird for people. If anyone found your phone, it's like yeah. yeah so Tets was Tets was an amazing experience as well, just to learn that consistency and yeah. discipline of you know the first dish that goes out of the night is exactly the same as the hundred and fiftieth dish at the end of the night. You know like that kind of really yeah, hot, respect yeah. for you know perfection and detail and working with chefs like there's one chef that worked there Isan, and um you know just the way he worked and the way he carried himself as well was just you know really great to to yeah. see and then yeah that kind of yeah kind of potted me overseas and then um, a job came up through marty again yeah uh, in the hamptons to be a private chef in the south hamptons for something he did uh like 15 years earlier for yeah. the same family, which was really cool. And nice. from there, then um, went up to Canada and worked the 2010 Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics in uh, Whistler, which was really fun at a restaurant up there. Yeah. And then from there, just traveled um, basically, what's that, east all the way to 
you know, everywhere in between there and, and Bangkok, really. And that Hong Kong. Sounds, that just, was this just the fun times? Like, yeah, so after that, it was like, serious put work? my head down, save every single cent yeah. and see the, see the world. So on that trip, I, I visited 29 countries. So I did all of the states, uh, pretty much all of Europe, even like Southern Europe, like Kosovo and uh, Montenegro and Croatia, everything down there, and then all the way back up through Poland and um, Serbia. How many passports you been through? (laughs) Like three. (laughs) You know, Scandinavia, Greece, then Egypt. Tell me about something that you had over there that just blew your mind food-wise that you found. Did you find any of those... You know, Anthony Bourdain sort of type places uh, where you just go. To be yeah, honest, why probably... I kind of you know I didn't even say Italy and France and yeah, Portugal. Yeah. I said Kosovo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Montenegro and yeah. you know because I think these were the real highlights. Greece. You I know, just got like, back from Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same thing. Yeah. Just waking up in these kind of bed and breakfast and going out and hitting your head on kiwi fruits and persimmons and pomegranates and yeah. just everything just grows like like mental over there and just like this this the markets and the cheese and the olives and the bread and the I know how to eat in yeah. season and they also oh. know how to pre- preserve stuff yeah. so that they can eat it out of season yeah 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 for like, sure there's something to yeah. be really beholden about that I think we really try hard to get everything you know like we have everything we, we must at, have everything at all time products yeah, that we yeah. Sell. It's yeah like, of course oh my god you yeah know? so just that and then just going into the local kind of corner store to buy a beer but you but get but you get some burek you know which is kind of like a kind of southern european mince pizza i suppose and yeah. some you know and a beer and then you but you can't leave with the beer you got to drink it because they want the bottle back because they yeah. don't trust you <laughs> and then you just make a friend yeah, you know yeah. and then from that friend he takes you down to this other restaurant yeah. then you eat but no one can they can't speak english but you end yeah. up spending two days with well, them food's and a eating language, food yeah, yeah so you know, I think that region was really, you know, Macedonia and, you know, all these really cool so, spots. So just anywhere, nothing in particular. No, yeah. Nothing, yeah. The people are just so humble. Kosovo was amazing, you know. Like, we were, me and my friend who I was with, we just went to this, like, charcoal rotisserie kind of chicken spot on the side of the road. And they're like, oh, who are you? Are you American? You know? And they're like, no, we're Australian. They're like, oh, good. Yeah, you guys helped out. us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like yeah and that that you know and egypt i think was a huge eye-opener of the food Uh, in egypt was like really like going to have to look sore and just going up to this kid with this cauldron of oil just making fresh kind of falafels and stuff like that and it's just like whoa like yeah just like just that really humble you know i think style of eating was was pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like so. You've had the pretty decent base through this, yeah. through this life to, you know, to. Yeah, and that's really what I wanted to. Do. I just wanted to define myself and find what cooking kind of meant to me. And then from Egypt, I got a cheap flight, making my way back to Australia, and then I went from Egypt to Bangkok. And then at this point in time, I was like obsessed with <laughs> Egyptian food and Southern European food and all this. And then I literally flew into Bangkok, got hit with that humidity and then took a taxi into the city and then just like seeing all, you know, the plastic furniture and the food and the smoke and I was like, actually, this is, 
this is me. Yeah. It <laughs> doesn't matter how good that like you know, Chavapi and all that stuff was in Europe. I'm like, this is me, man. That like, you know, that Southeast Asian, Asian food. That's like, and I did, and I, I'm, I've a hundred percent done it all now. Yeah, but, yeah. So I can rest assured that cooking Asian is my, you know, it's my bias. It's, it's what I want to do. It's like everything, yeah. How, like, I think I know the answer to this question, but how much do you recommend just people in general, you know, get out and travel, have a, have oh, a year off? Oh, every you have like, to, yeah. Right. Like minimum six months, you yeah. know. Like you go to like Saigon, you know, and it's just like, you can rent a little apartment there, you know, it's super safe. You just and just spend every day just getting lost and exploring and eating and you know, yeah, it's just yeah. it's very essential. Yeah. A lot of people are scared, like, you know, like I was saying I just went to Jordan, I felt the safest yeah, yeah. even oh, though it's a metal sure. detector at every hotel and shopping yeah, yeah. center. Yeah, for sure. I felt you know, like all those countries like you know, Istanbul or, you know, it's yeah. like great, you know, Athens, it's you know, as long as you got a head on you and you yeah. don't you know you know it's, easy, it's easier said than done but as long as you just keep keep safe and, and keep yeah. your wits about you you know yeah, it's not yeah, you yeah. know you can you can get in a lot of trouble anyway you know? yeah like, yeah you can you know moving from la and then i'm walking home through brisbane i'm like oh you know <laughs> this is a bit dodgy you know yeah. but yeah you never would know yeah, but everyone, yeah. oh la is so dangerous but if you you know, if you're smart enough and, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not that bad, yeah. So Bangkok, did you work there or did you have... No, I just kind of traveled, just, yeah, just yeah. ate and traveled. Then I went to Hong Kong. Hong Kong came back to Australia. And then basically reality kind of set in. But I was happy with my decision. I just, I worked my way all the way up to, you know, like... Is that code to- for run out of money or...? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so I got home. No, I think two two years on the road. Two years on the road was a long time. Um, yeah, so, you know, came home. Didn't want to completely start from square one. Didn't yeah. want people to forget me. Yeah. So I got back and basically that's kind of where I was. I, I kind of I had to make the decision to I go. I really didn't have a choice. I just had to get back in the kitchen, work my way back up again. And then just see uh, see where it was going to take me. So, you know, when I left, I was kind of tried to get to that kind of sous chef level. But, you know, just didn't didn't really, you know, wasn't, I couldn't really have both. So, mm. But I really wanted to travel. So I got back, landed in Sydney, early flight, stayed with my auntie, um, got, got, in, got in that morning, went out to get a coffee. And who do I see? Murphy's Law, first person, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> So basically he's like, come, you know, let's have a cup of tea and I'll show you, you know, long grain. And, you know, it was right when they had renovated after 10 years and opened short grain downstairs and the whole whole place would just gave it a huge facelift yeah. after 10 years. And he asked me, you know, that's when he asked me, do you, do you want to come back and you want to help me run it? So it was really cool. So it kind of came back into a... So, senior, so, so senior. right now you think you're lucky, but he's probably going, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God, I'll look out for a cup of tea. Who I run into? See he's you later. He's doing a podcast with somebody Sucker. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a podcast with him and I'm going to bloody, I'll get the opposite story. This is going to be great. Yeah, so, well, I suppose, you know, that's that's why I always, um, you know, tell young chefs to never, never burn any bridges, always be grateful for people who trained yeah. you and to never really, you know, don't get too full of yourself and, you know, forget people because Marty was always there for me my whole career and then all of a sudden, boom, we're yeah. working together again and it yeah. was amazing. And like you said, we both needed each other. So yeah. I suppose 
he's the same where you should always respect people and doesn't matter if they leave yeah you know yeah. just you know I think it's you never person. know when people yeah. leave you almost gotta you know in yeah well, wish them good work. that's yeah, what yeah. dan hong always says he yeah. says you know even though people always are poaching his staff and everything he he sees it as a compliment because when people go oh yeah they work for dan hong oh get them they're good yeah. That's kind of the that's the that's yeah, yeah. the you know the reputation that he has. So yeah, yeah. when people poach his stuff, yeah, it's something that you can't really you know avoid. But he's like, well, it's a compliment to me because everyone wants my staff because yeah. they know I've trained them well and yeah, they're, they're yeah. good. So yeah, so basically yeah, and then I was just back in the kitchen at Long Rain and opened uh, opened the, the the double level Long Rain and went from 100 seats to 160 and. And that was in, and I was just back full swing, yeah, and I loved it. And in uh, a, a couple of years in, Marty kind of dropped the bomb where he'd purchased a block of land and he wanted to go out and go in a new direction and follow his dream, which is amazing. And then, you know, he said that, you know, he'd wanted to do it for a while, but he just had no one to, you know, he didn't feel comfortable leaving it with anyone, mm. you know, and so, but he felt comfortable with me, which was really That's pretty big, amazing, yeah. yeah. So yeah, then I just continued to run long grain, which was great. Um, yeah, until uh, yeah, the opportunity came up in LA and something, some a place that I've always wanted to, you know, to um, to to be. Not necessarily in a culinary sense, but you know, I've always, you know, I've always been a big surfer. Oh, uh, do you have to be? Do you have to, is, it, is it like every career in the world that you have to go to LA for a while? Is it? Is I that, think so. Sort of. I love basketball. I love yeah. hip hop. I love surfing. I love skateboarding. So obviously, it was a huge draw card for me. Yeah. Um, and to just go and and really almost kind of transform a city's eating habits by introducing the style of food that I love to cook and a completely different style of restaurant and cuisine that anyone's really ever seen over there was an amazing achievement I feel and to uh yeah to kind of just set up that restaurant and, and get it going and and uh you know when I left it was it was the busiest it's ever been you know so it was just it's a really cool experience um but, you know, both my, my wife and, and myself are from uh, from this area. Grew up mm. in Mullumbimby. Yep. Um, it's always been... You Wait know, a minute, let's we... back up to... When are you, like, famous? Are you a celebrity <laughs> chef? Oh, allegedly. I yeah, came yeah, back, yeah. I didn't even realise uh-huh. over there. <laughs> front, front pages, papers and magazines. I was magazines talking to... And... Oh, I just... I don't, know, I don't know. It's all a blur, mate. I just, yeah. you know, I just do... No, I say just, that uh, about Hollywood. It's I all just, the blur. I just did. I just did. You know. I just did what I was. You know. I just. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like I still just really enjoy being in the kitchen, cooking food, seeing happy customers, and I suppose now being a chef, it's uh, it's all this other stuff that comes with it as well. You know. You're no longer behind the swinging door as it used to be. You've yeah. got to, you know, stay up uh, on top of. Uh, media and things like that but you know i feel that i just you know i kind of find it easy to do media and stuff because i just be myself yeah you know, i don't really have to no, pretend to be patient <laughs> with that microphone break it down today <laughs> just have to just be myself and yeah so you know it was, it was, it was yeah it was, it was really it was an amazing uh it was an amazing journey and then like five years just went by in the in the blink of an eye yeah i think it was just just go go go, you know, in LA, which was which was really cool. When did you go? Okay, it's time to come up. Um, well, we, 
I don't think anyone thought we would have our first baby when we moved over there. So we yeah. had our first daughters, 100% American. Nice. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I think uh, when the second one was on the way, it was, uh, it was just, it was, yeah, I look back and I'm thinking, wow, like how, yeah. what, what kind of yeah. land were we thinking we were having two kids and just like when, when, when Colette was born here and, you know, I was bracing myself to going to the Centrelink and to get her on Medicare just because I'm, I was used to LA and, you know, I drove in LA for the last year without a license because I just couldn't take myself to go to the DMV to renew it because it was just such a headache. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Like sitting in the DMV for four hours, I was like, I'll risk going to jail. <laughs> like, so, you know, and I, I kind of preparing myself, okay, I'm going to go sail, I'm going to get my daughter on free health cover for the rest of her life. Okay, I'm going to go in and the, the doors open, ding, and there was five counters and not a soul in there and everyone was kind of <laughs> waving. And I was like, hello, yeah, I just want to register my daughter on, on Centrelink. She was just born yesterday. And they said, okay, the card will be in the mail. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, home. <laughs> welcome back to Australia. So, you know, it was a big, it was just been a big relief. And to be back, you know, just yesterday, I went down to see mum and dad and went to Brunswick, went to Torikina, took the kids. Yeah. And, oh, it's just, you know, it's just so, it's an amazing part of the world. And I'm to thinking, be able, you know, one thing it just to me is gratitude and, uh, you know, it's such a great thing to have. Like, you're, you're just so grateful for everything. And yeah. Things just keep coming your yeah. way. Every yeah, story gets better and better and better. Yeah, it's been pretty, yeah, it's so been So you've got two beautiful kids. You're living here in Brisbane. Yep. At Howard Smith Wolves. Yep. How, how did you, how did you, was it, were you in LA when you found out about this? Or yeah, was? well, actually the funny, funny thing, me and, me and Jonathan Barthelmus have always been really, really close friends, mm. um, stretching from our kind of relationship through Apollo and Longrain and Sam Christie and, uh, and he came to LA for, uh, for a holiday at the start of the year and he was like, Louis, Brisbane, what are you doing? You know, I know you're from, I know you're from Mullum, I'm from Burley, like, like this coming from a, I'm a guy I hold, you know, really high in, a, in not only a chef, but a restaurateur and businessman. He's like, Brisbane is mm. next level. Brisbane is pumping. And I was like, really? Brisbane? Like, we're talking the same Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane Queensland, QLD? Brown River, yeah. yeah. And like, he's like, mate, it's like an open Greco and it's the, you know, it's just gangbusters. It's yeah, just yeah. like unbelievable, just yeah. smashing everything I thought that it could possibly be. And I'm yeah. opening a number two. There's another, you know, that it's just moving like real, real fast, yeah, real yeah. thick and fast, you know? And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool too. And then, yeah. You know, I really believed him, you know, obviously. And uh, he's an amazing business person. Oh, he's, he's, dear. yeah. He has this aura about him. It's like, man, I want to make sure he has good tomatoes at Greco. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to be your yeah. spokesperson. Yeah, he yeah. delivers something really well because yeah. he respects the produce so much, yeah. where it's coming from. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of Marty and like David Thompson, where if it's not good enough, I'm not going to serve it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's it. Mm. Take it off the menu, yeah. you know? So yeah, so basically that's kind of got the got the cogs turning, um, and yeah, Patrick Friesen, me and me and him know each other from from uh, from Sydney and from yeah. the, the whole kick crew in there, and and uh, yeah, so just talking with Jonathan and Patrick, and Patrick's like, well, we've got to 
yeah, we've got a couple of things kind of going on and, and uh, yeah, we connected and, yeah, this one really, you know, it was kind of, yeah, it's something that I've, Cantonese food, something I've always really been, oh, maybe, maybe I haven't been that, you know, it only just it triggered me off when, you know, he mentioned it and, and you know, A, it's my favourite food to eat in the whole world, mm. you know, which is like huge. Um, I'm just so intrigued with the cuisine and constantly learning and, and kind of picking the brain of like my friends, like Zhao and Dan, like mm. all these different dishes and that connection with my grandmother and always, you know, eating Cantonese food and my great grandfather having a Cantonese restaurant. And then my wife, her grandfather has the, the Phillip Island Chinese restaurant as well. So <laughs> she's quarter Chinese and kind of grew up holidays in Wing Lock in, in Cows in Phillip Island yeah, yeah, and yeah. a grandfather there on the walks and running the restaurant. Wow. So it's kind of this crazy connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said, just, yeah, you know, just I, like... I feel like you've both got to be in on the restaurant. A <laughs> uh, relationship need both people to be in there. Yeah, so then it was just like, wow, that's how, you know, so I came and had a look and we kind of started running through the kitchen and and I was just so, I was just so itching to, to get over here and to... to um, you had to kind of kick it off and, and the restaurant itself is like, you know, you were always sold a bit of a dream with a new restaurant and mm. it's going to have this and that and this barbecue kitchen and a dim sum kitchen and this huge walk-in and murals and lanterns and this and that and antique furniture and it's like, okay, I've, I've been here before where, <laughs> you know, you kind of walk in and you're like, oh, where's the big display? It's just gyp rock now. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that. You know, that, that didn't really make the cut at the end <laughs> where this restaurant, literally yeah. every single leaf on the mural is yeah, there. They, you know, it's just so considered and just, you know, just 110% just all the equipment. Like, I've got a freaking green marble past, you know, like it's just like everything is just brass taps in the kitchen and yeah. it's the dream kitchen. Yeah, it's five rationales. Like, you know, like it was five rationale ovens, you know. It's, so. it's, it's the only like do it properly and, you know, get it right. Yeah. And just keep going. Yeah, yeah we're really gone like all in, yeah. yeah. And I feel, you know, like Brisbane is just so ready for, for a restaurant like this. And honestly, like, yes, Brisbane's amazing and, and the produce is great and everything's, but it's the clientele that make Brisbane mm. like super special, like, the support and the enthusiasm that you have from mm. customers and clientele is just like banana, you know, yeah, like yeah. just so positive, so happy that we're opening, just so supportive coming in, like great feedback. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it's very, it's a very exciting time to be in Brisbane. Like even Darren, Darren Robinson, who's got the three blue ducks, you know, I yeah. caught up with him right as I got back, yeah, yeah. which was July. So it was good food month and they had an event and yeah. He said, Louis, he said, it's, it's like Sydney like 10 years ago. You yeah. know? Like, because we walked from the ducks over to oh, the yeah. valley and he's like, restaurants are full, bars are full, it's spilling onto the street, people just having a good time. Like, it was like Oxford Street and Darlinghurst 10 years ago, you yeah. know, like yeah. when it was just thriving, you know, and Sydney was just thriving. That's what Brisbane is like today. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. Well, we're glad you're back. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm glad that House of Dwarves have provided a place where you could really excel and do some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's been so you're not going to sneak back to Marlon and live in the hills? <laughs> that, <laughs> that Jonah, that's what Jonah sold me on. He's like, <laughs> you can live in Marlon and drive up every day, you know, because, you know, I was like, oh, but to be honest, like, I, well, that's, I've always got quite a huge sense of excitement and that's kind of what I love. And, 
doesn't matter whether I'm living in LA or Brisbane, I still love getting up and trying a new cafe or going to a Lebanese bakery in Mount Gravatt or mm. going to Inala to eat Vietnamese yeah, or, you yeah. know, just going to these yeah. just cool little yeah, yeah, pockets yeah. of ethnic neighborhoods. And, you know, I just even found a Fijian supermarket. Nice. Yeah, in Mount Gravatt. So, yeah, just like going and discovering. And so that's, you know, Malum. So no change for you, really. You've been doing that all over the world. And you're just doing it. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that's why I love just like, yeah, I love that sense of excitement yeah. and, and adventure and just getting yeah. up and taking my little my little sidekick, my daughter, who's three now, and we just go out and find different kind of food and new cuisines and meet new people and, yeah. Are you going to whip off with your kids to Fiji for a year? <laughs> I would like to, yeah, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. even, like, that's why I say in Saigon because last time I was in Saigon, I was like, hmm, maybe this could be our little kind of family, yeah, you know, because yeah. I just think it's, like, a very respectful, very safe, yeah city like good food and i think you could like rent a just a two-bedroom apartment in the middle of saigon like for six months just down payment just you know save a bit of money and do it and then just mm. introduce them to you know a different i would really like to yeah i've so, already said it to my wife and she's like oh. <laughs> i'm like trust me i remember when i first met you and i was saying oh you're so easy to deal with and you're a pleasure to talk to and you can handle a no and you can you know you can deal with it have you had any like massive like setback challenges that have just gone? Ah, maybe I shouldn't be chefing. Is there anything that's come along ever? Because it doesn't. I can't, I can only answer it. It doesn't feel like yes to me because you've been so passionate. But oh it? god, mate! Honestly, last week. <laughs> oh, was that when I saw you on the bus? Oh the my god, mate! Like we just like we did like close to five hundred covers on Saturday, but that actually was all right. Like it was the week. It was a kind of that midweek where it just like, you know, it just. Open in a restaurant, it's a hard slog. It's just like you give your all. Mm. You, there's not an ounce left inside your body. You've literally laid it all out mm. and you're just living off coffee. Mm. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's just, you know, and um, yeah, to some of those services where just nothing's going right. You just, <laughs> it's just one step forward two steps back you're just yeah, yeah. you're just getting the docket machines not stopping <laughs> the things hanging to the ground the thi- oh my god and you just stop and you think maybe maybe uh maybe i, should just- <laughs> I don't even want to say it <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes okay. i have had that, right at that moment how do you maintain this is really it is really and, I, and i think how do you maintain that you i know, think like, where yeah. are we at you know hey team yeah. you're stressed you've yeah, got shit yeah. coming out your yeah. ass and it's like hey I've got to maintain and, and inspire yeah. every one yeah. of these guys who are under the same pressure. What what do you say? What do you I do? think I did, that is what separates like a good chef and a great chef. And I think that is what yeah, like what what creates a, a successful restaurant and a restaurant that yeah. you know might might fold. It's just that ability to stop, pause, take it all in, readjust recompose understand and and then just push through and you know not let it get the the better of you yeah you know in that kind of split second scenario and then also in that 12 hour day scenario or one week scenario just like hey you know just all right let's just i suppose it's not jumping the gun and not you know not 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 shooting from the hip really and just being like okay why am I cooking? I love cooking. 
look at the big picture. Amazing restaurant deals. Is it? Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's not, yeah, like, let's, ah. Oh. Oh, that was a silly thought. Okay, let's yeah, continue yeah. to go. You know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I feel, just to be able to handle. It's a high-pressure, high-stress job, yeah. yeah. And just to be able to digest it and then just keep going, I think, is a really important part of being a, being a chef. It know? must be great for them to be able to see you lead like that. Like, even though they're it's like, oh, if he can breathe and be calm and, get, and understand that we're under pressure and, and handle it and still be polite through service, yeah. like, yep, need you, that needs to go to that table, whatever you need to do. Oh, that must be great for them to be able to work with you and see that. Yeah, I think that's a really important part of, of uh, being a chef is, you know, leading by example. And yeah. even though, you know, me and Jono were talking about it and like, you know, even though it's uh, it might not be, you know, the best thing to do sometimes, but just, you know, being there, leading a team. People come, people, you know, especially in LA, people would come in and at 10.30 on there scrubbing the floors and making sure I'm with the guys. And mm. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get out of here, you know? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, if these, if these guys don't see me, you know, putting yeah. in and working, they're not going to respect me and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to want to do it themselves either. But the fact that they see me do it, see me first one in, last one out, like getting every, you know, it's like, that's when it's like, oh, cool. I like, yeah, I like, you know, I like working for this guy. I think it's, uh, you know, that's earning their trust and that's something that marty and brent taught me like mm. you know brent was there next to scrubbing the target top every night you know marty was even though i tried to be the first one marty was always there before me yeah. you know like and these working for these people really you know made that you know pretty clear that that's the kind of leader i had to be if you can do that and balance your uh, home life then that's an amazing yeah amazing well, thing. so i guess right now you're, <laughs> you're putting it in i'm and, all in and, yeah and, uh, you know but, yeah you know, and then it's got a you know but you always have to say that i i i have to go work night shift with my team as yeah, well because yeah. same same yeah, reason yeah. they don't see me there packing orders between seven eight seven p.m through to you know five o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah. You know, they're not going to do it want to do it either but uh, yeah, to balance the best, I guess it's really yeah. hard now. And then hopefully you'll get it to a point where your team's good. And yeah, you well, absolutely. Just a bit yeah, yeah. You know, some people are like, oh, when's your day off? It's like, well, when I'm here, I'm here. And when I'm not, I'm not, you know. So on a day I come in and everything's great and all the guys are working, boom, 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 boom. It's great. Then I'm like, cool. I'm out. You guys got it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You know, Surprise. and then, I'm, yeah, then yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. if it's kind of. If I meant to, you know, have a day off and things like, and then it's like, oh, let's do it, you know. And yeah. I think, you know, behind every great man is a more amazing woman, and so that's kind of, you know, a big. That's what my wife says. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so I think I got a lot of support and a lot yeah. of understanding of that. But I think it's created a pretty, uh, pretty amazing relationship with with my family as well. That when when I'm home, it's like special. It's not like we'll veg out and watch TV or something. We'll go and do something or eat somewhere or yeah, have a yeah, plan yeah. or go to the park or buy a kite and make it and fly, yeah, it, you know, yeah, yeah. just to make it extra super special when I'm actually there, which is nice as well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an amazing guy. Nick and I'll let the cough water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know where you want the water. No, don't worry. Don't even cut that out. Just leave that in there. We're honestly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that pretty much wraps it up. I always sort of say, I don't have actually never asked this question ever, but what's your favorite fruit? Probably a persimmon. Nice. You, okay, now I've got to ask another question. Like, do you just eat it fresh? Do you eat it? Do you like it ripe? Do you like it crisp? Like, you know, 
I wasn't like I only learned the names when I was in America, but the Haichia, yeah, you know the soft one. Yeah, Is that yeah, what we call yeah, it here yeah, as yeah, well? Yeah, like a perfect soft Haichia with a scoop of coconut sorbet. Is the best dessert you'll ever eat in your whole life. And some Thai basil flowers. Nice. Look forward to seeing that on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like under pressure to get the perfectly ripe one. I've got them all. They're all ripe right because now. Because they're kind of tricky. Like lots of people don't even say because they're so yeah. like delicate, right? Like yeah. lots of people don't even bother like yeah. sending them and farm because it's just they just bruise and get yeah. yeah so it's yeah. actually... Yeah, Marty had this connect in Sydney and like it would just be this perfect and then he dried them and everything yeah. as well. Was like, I think James Viles used to dry them on the roof up by Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that's pretty special fruit. Yeah, yeah okay. Have to ask veg as well. Favourite veg? Uh, Harder question. Veg? It was kind of like veg split between two. Home? Honestly, my favourite veg is probably like broccoli. Yeah, I like love like yeah. just like steamed broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a kitchen, my favorite veg. Even though I don't use it, I think probably a beetroot. I think yeah. it's pretty amazing. Like yeah. the versatility of a beetroot, like just roast and blend it for the most amazing puree. Yeah, you know, in an amazing salad, raw, you know, everything salad sandwich. Like, yeah. You know, and I think a vegetable is like Brent used to. Oh, I think it was Mark Best that used to call the beetroot the poor man's truffle. Yeah, right here. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a king grater. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I could talk to you for hours. I really, I really could. Um, and I look forward to working closely with you and um, you know continuing this. And and this actually, this you know, podcast as I call it, it um it really gives me a chance to get to know you as well. So I've got a double left thing here. I'm getting a podcast yeah. on the books and i'm getting to know now you know yeah, yeah. Now you know. Saying, but you know so do the listeners i get to know you and it's uh it's inspiring you've been a, you've been a really good chat i mean oh, alana you. you were pretty good but you know <laughs> you, you, you've been fantastic so thank you keep up the great work and yeah. all the best with uh with this stanley and, yeah hopefully uh, next time you come to eat i won't be in in the da vinci code kind of zone yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that's totally right i get it and i i've been there i get it not not so much in the kitchen even in my business so uh thank you i appreciate your time as i know you're very busy so i know you could have been home with your kids so thank you very very much I really anytime appreciate it. anytime thank you yeah. thank you well that confirms the rock star status what a guy Hope you've enjoyed that as much as we have. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please subscribe. That'll be the best way for you to pick up on the next one and find out what's going on. Cheers.